Perfect. All right. We're professional. <sighs> yeah. Mm. All right. Let's get started. Have you enrolled in the Apple Small Business Program yet, Zach? Yes. Uh, was very easy. I was able to do it while on a walk yesterday morning uh, from my phone. <laughs> it's a piece of cake given I only have one developer account and like I don't have a personal and business one. It's just the business one. So that was easy. Um, and the other accounts that I'm a member of, I have no control over what happens there. So I didn't have to declare anything. It's great. Um, <laughs> how about both of you? We we haven't signed up yet, but we will probably do that later today. Yeah. It, it yeah, is okay. not too much work. It's just we want to make sure that we're getting all the correct accounts because I have a personal developer account, Mon has a personal mm-hmm. developer account, and then we both control our company developer account. Yeah. So and I, I believe we have to declare all three of those. Yes. yes. Like Can I declare, you apply on all three accounts? I believe so. Yeah, I would yeah. think so too, but I don't think we... But I think will. they're essentially all linked then. It's, okay. it's like yeah. as long as they're... The cumulative uh, revenue exceeds $1 million, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, that does make sense. But it's yeah. also, it's, the wording is a bit weird, right? Because um, if for corporations and organizations, it says if you have more than 50% share, mm-hmm. but Mon yeah. and I have exactly 50%. Yeah, yeah. But then there's, yeah. An, there's another condition that's saying if you have uh, like full control over it. And t- yeah. Yeah. realistically, what does that mean? I mean, I control... Yeah. The orbit one or the triple glazed one. Marlin controls the triple glazed yeah. one. But like, is it, is it a role thing? Is it like if you're an admin role, then you have full control? Or is it yeah. like legally? Because legally, I cannot make decisions without Marlin. So I wouldn't have full control. Yes. So I'm, the wording is just, I don't want to, I don't want to get something wrong and Apple then saying, you know what? That mm. doesn't seem right. So you're not rolled in from day one. You, That's you have a to good point. Yeah. I think you'll be okay regardless because like anyone could look at you know what like it's not like you have a million apps split between these three accounts and you're trying to pull something dodgy like it's very obvious mm. that mm. you know you you're trying to be honest and you've only got a few accounts and I, I get the feeling it's all manually reviewed given that mm-hmm. i think you have to get these in by december 18th and you hear your status by the 29th or the 30th um so mm. i'm assuming that's it's quite a manual process um mm. I'm yeah, sure you'll but be okay. I, I do yeah. believe we should declare all of them. Um, oh yeah, for sure, just, definitely. Yeah, we just want to make sure that we do it correctly. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, but um, Can no, it's exciting. That? It's good to see that come through. It answered some of the questions that we had last time. Like things like uh, uh, splitting off different apps into different companies uh, mm-hmm. definitely frowned upon, and you're probably not going to be able to honor the questionnaire, uh, answer the questionnaire mm. honestly if you do that uh, and get away with it. So it puts a stop to that. But it also see- you can kind of see that this is. It feels like something where Apple is very cautious. You can see mm. that they're like, oh, we want to be super restrictive just, just in case because we can't really foresee how yes. all of you might want to try to exploit <laughs> our system yep. yet. Yeah. So let's first, if anyone, if your app has been transferred, yeah. we're, we're like out. This is too scary. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. There yeah. are too many weird loopholes potentially. Yeah. Oh, is that but a I mean, thing? it's better. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, uh, you can't do like in, once you're in the small business program, you can't do transfers of apps to and from other accounts. Oh, and still be eligible for the program. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I think I the, the way Apple's saying it, app transfers are not allowed while participating in the program. If you initiate an app transfer after December 31st or accept a transfer of an app that was initiated after December 31st, um, you will no longer be eligible to participate mm. in in program. Yeah, I saw that too. I think they missed it. There. There's a grammar, yeah. Yeah. grammar issue. So, yeah, 
if you transferred any any apps in or out, it looks like that automatically disqualifies you from okay. from participating in the small. And I see why they. I mean, they, they probably will address more edge cases later. It feels like it makes sense to sort of restrict it more in the beginning and like make it easy for people who are like in like the clear zone to be able to apply yeah. first and then sort of rather than waiting and trying to like figure out all the edge cases now it's probably better that they make it available for the broader like amount of people so that most yeah. people can get it and then if you have an edge case you can talk to them and they might yeah. be able to like change some of the rules yeah and i'm sure yeah. a huge majority of people or companies are either in the camp of you're well and truly eligible or you're not mm. eligible like there's yeah. not going to be too much gray area and i, I know there will be but Really, if you think about the percentage of yeah, development yeah. accounts that that falls into, I'm sure it's very small and Apple probably cares way less about that and, you know, want to sort it out for the majority before they deal yeah, with the yeah, edge exactly. cases and the tricky situations mm-hmm. of, oh, well, we have this uh, yeah. subsidiary and they have another app. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's it makes sense to make it available for all the other people while they're figuring those things out, yeah. if there are things to figure out. I, I think it's not even about figuring it out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this stays pretty much this way for, for mm-hmm. a long time, but then... There are exceptions if you actually reach out to developer yeah. support and say, yeah. here's my situation. And technically, you were kind of in this weird situation where one owns 51, but mm-hmm. actually those companies are different. And then Apple can make a case-by-case decision whether you should still qualify or not. Mm. I mean, realistically, I, I think the million for most people is so far away anyways that it's 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 very a very unique set of constraints but i don't think we'll see sweeping changes to this program i wouldn't expect that i think it will be more yeah. uh exceptions if you have a specific case because those mm-hmm. those cases will all need to be very specific enough yeah, yeah. that it's, it's hard, hard to, to set put it into rule. like specific general rules to yeah. apply to everyone without yeah. it being becoming so complex yeah you know you see that with laws laws yeah. kind of have to apply to everyone it's not like hey we, we do exceptions depending on uh <laughs> on yeah. every person because yeah. that would be a mess so laws are very complex because they have to cater for everything and i don't think apple wants to do that i think they're much rather in the situation where like here, here are the guidelines, and then you know there's a there's a contact way where we can see if there's anything that that falls between yep. the cracks. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to checking that box yep. that we made less yeah, than a million dollars. Yeah. But I'm even more looking forward to unchecking that box in the future. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like you want yeah. everyone to hold out on buying Orbit until January first, right? Like just have a bunch of pent up demand for a month, and then I mean, everyone pulls the trigger on. It January doesn't really 1st. matter though for for a subscription app, right? We're just no, get, for the first year. Yeah, if people buy yearly subscription, hold yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> if you do monthly, but even if they would get a yearly subscription, we have a month's trial, so that yeah, now wouldn't that being in January. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. everyone immediately purchase a <laughs> <laughs> one year subscription of Orbit. It seems financially uh, a sound sound thing to do. I should and bump up my free trial to a year. month. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can like gradually decrease it. So mm. in in a in two weeks we make it a two week trial. Last week of December we reduce it to a week. So everyone is activating exactly on January first. How do cool. you feel and about fifteen percent as a number? <laughs> it's 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 a nice number. Um, you mean as in is does it feel like a fair amount of commission for Apple to take? Is that what you asking? Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't want to get into it. like this has been argued to death, but just very quickly, how do you feel about it? I'm curious. <sighs> it, it really depends. I think some people like for us i think i'm 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 very happy with that i we yeah. already decided that 30 was fine right yeah, yeah. So i mean we, we actually had the opportunity option when we were mac os only to go to not 
go on the app yes, store and we decided yes. to go on it and i think for us it has been beneficial to be on the app store like we, mm-hmm. we've been very lucky to be featured in multiple lists yeah. and like that's that's been awesome yeah. um but so in i mean general, at the moment roughly 80 percent of all of our customers come through the app store so yeah like, yeah. like so we get a lot of value from being on yeah, the app store yeah. so like so don't tell anyone but we would have given away 35 <laughs> <laughs> percent. you know it, it's just such a big i'll send over of- your new contract now <laughs> <laughs> So, so 15 is, is great. And I yeah, do yeah. like some of the implementation. I do think it's fair that it's, uh, that it's, if you're under a million dollars. Also don't really see the concern that a lot of people seem to have that it at some point switches over because realistically, just assume if mm-hmm. you need to for all business intents, if you think your business will grow past a million, just assume you're, you're, you're at a million already. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. assume you have to be able to operate your business at 30% because realistically, yeah. this is not, uh, a tax system this is is a small business discount or a mm-hmm. reduction in fees for small businesses and if you make more than a million apple defines you as no longer small business so realistically yeah, yeah. If, it, if you have those ambitions and you think you get there mm. i think it's it's it would be silly to build a business that runs on a smaller profit margin than that hoping to yep. never hit the million dollars yeah, yeah. i think it, it is a really good way for smaller businesses to like get to a bigger face uh, but then after that i think uh, but it's not even that right you it's just don't don't if you do your calculations of what your margin needs to be mm. calculate apple's 30 percent commission mm-hmm. don't count mm-hmm. on a 15 if you think you'll ever grow past yeah, yeah. you know if you're super yeah. super niche and you're like it's kind of hobby things yeah it doesn't matter anyways yeah. but yeah. if if you think this will be something that grows you have to plan for 30 yeah i mean it's something and you have to take just a bonus in the meanwhile yeah I mean, it's something you have to take into account, like any, like most things when it's, when you're making a business, there are other parts that also have to be, you have to take into account. Like it yeah, makes sense that you would count there. on it. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I understand why some people might be thinking it's a bit irritating that they have to go up to 30 afterwards, but I do yeah. think at that but point, that's what it's we less had all important. Along, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what we have you're all along. Worse, and no think, one's any worse off under yeah. this program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what I think is that it's, it's more of a, way to help out the small businesses to get to a different level rather than it being a punishment to the big businesses for being where they are but it's also a win for everyone right because a lot mm-hmm. of indies like almost everyone i know everyone i know gets more money now which is great yeah. for apple like in a pr sense it's great because it's not that expensive for them for mm-hmm. the amount of uh, positive publicity they they receive as a result of that probably also helps with some of the antitrust things to yeah. at least make a case of like look now we're lower than the rest of the industry oh yeah and this pays for itself in pr but also yeah. in potentially in the number of developers who can then uh, build their things full-time mm-hmm. or closer to full-time potentially making them better potentially making more money than ever before so it's this yeah. weird like it's got potential for this weird flow and all you kind of need is a few like you know, like unicorns kind of thing to go, like make all the the money from this, mm. and um, mm. and yeah. but not yeah, just like that, like it also those apps sh- that go over a million when they wouldn't <laughs> have <laughs> otherwise. And, and if there's an incentive for Apple to to promote apps that are just at the threshold of a million more, that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it can also. I, I, this might be a bit. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit foolish for hoping that this is a thing, but I think uh, if if more people can spend more time, like in the developer, can spend like a bigger chunk of their time on their endeavors and on making their apps, that means that the quality of apps on in general on the app store might get better. 
So that could be good exactly. for Apple. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not sure. Like that's something I'm hoping I'll see of this. Maybe it's nothing that people will do. Well, Maybe they would I've just be happy with it. I've spoken to developers who were within the twenty yeah. percent margin of of quitting their job. Yeah, and now they got there. Definitely. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's significant, and it's like rather than you having to pay for marketing and get more and more people, you actually just get extra twenty. What is it? Twenty one percent. Yeah. That can. Yeah. yeah like you say, that can be enough to put people over that hump. Yeah, so I'm. I think fifteen is is fine for that. Mm. I I do not. I, again, it really depends, right? If if you do all your marketing and you know Apple's almost trying to um, bury you in the App Store, mm-hmm. then probably not. But if you're getting any kind of additional surface area, like if most of your customers come through the App Store, I do think it's fair. It's just a problem, right? I I almost would like. They're the commission to change depending on whether people come from your website or something from an external link to the App Store versus mm-hmm. App Store Browse. Because I think yeah. that would be... Yeah. Like that's a, that's just, an interesting idea. Just from a like financial and kind of mm. value Apple provides, I think that would be a difference. Because realistically, Apple would want people... like I think it would be fine if Apple would promote people to put the link to the app store on 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 product pages over like some kind of external download just because people don't want to pay the extra whatever percentage to apple so if if there would be something like even if it's like uh, i don't know like uh, explicit included domains like if if you link from those places then you get a bigger chunk because yeah, you direct if, if the it's people like rather directly than the app store. from your if it's directly from your website yeah yeah uh, but i i mean that is a yeah, lot yeah. of extra work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously um, nothing will get just like that. No, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. As I said, thirty, thirty was fine. Fifteen is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. Uh, um, what about you? Yeah, fine. what about you, Zach? Do you think it's too, uh, still too much? No, no. I actually think fifteen's quite fair. Um, I because generally speaking, the smaller you are it's more advantageous being on the app store because chances are you don't have that external marketing. Um, and as you mentioned, like 80% of your downloads come from the app store. Mine's about the same. Uh, some days it's actually closer to 90. And so there's a lot of value to being on the app store in terms of like a marketing sense, but also in terms of like having everything handled and not having own payment providers and, and all of that stuff. And I was always okay with 30%, but also I've never made a living from this. So it's like, you know, maybe I would feel different if I was trying to do that. But um I think 15 seems very reasonable. I don't actually think it's it's unfair at all. And given, you know, I'm sure the cost to Apple of all the tooling and all of that stuff. Um, I know that there's benefits that are non-monetary for them in, in terms of building an ecosystem. But yeah, I still think 15% is okay. And I think it's um, given people one less thing to complain about, which is really nice. Um, so, I have no problems with it. And I think it's very fair. Uh, where I... Where I can see problems with the 30% is if you're a company like Netflix, where pretty much all of your marketing is external. It's not like they're splashed across the front of the app store every day and everyone knows what Netflix is from other means. Then they, and they go, you know, they put their own effort into um, sourcing content and building TV shows and all those kind of things that are involved. Like that's where it gets a bit steep um, for those kind of companies. But I think for us uh, in the context mm. that we usually talk about, 30% was still okay. And that was one of the things I very rarely, if ever, complained about that 30%. Mm. There's definitely other developer things that I'm less happy about than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also, I think realistically, I'm not worried about the Netflixes of the world, right? They, they, mm. They'll be fine. And they're also in a situation when you're at that scale, you already get special deals with Apple anyways. You'll you'll figure something out and they're 
it's yeah. it's not even just a percentage at that point, right? If you're at that size, there there's a whole bunch of other deals, you know, like Amazon's, where it's like, hey, we're selling your Apple devices now on Amazon with like Prime, and we we warehouse them for like Prime same day deliveries. Therefore, in in this store, you feature us there, and this video streaming service pays this, and therefore we use those APIs. There's already such so many convoluted contracts for those sized. Uh, companies they're not affected by anything that that Mm -hmm. most other developers are affected by because you know uh, jeff bezos can probably call tim cook and talk about those things um last time i tried that it didn't work yeah the thing we still have is what we i think we were mentioning this before is businesses that are paying a commission or paying something to someone else so let's say they have Mm -hmm. like they're working with local artists and they want to um like make an app together with them like bigger spotify right yeah you're just reselling it yeah other musicians exactly but i think that can be hard if you have like a smaller app like that and then you go over the 30 over the uh, 1 million and then all of a sudden that will be harder for your business plan um but i think like you said kai i think it's still at this point, you probably still have to think of your business in those scenarios as being as always giving up thirty percent. But it's also realistically, if you sit here today or stand or walk <laughs> where um, here. Here. here, okay, wherever you are here, okay, and you're like, I can I can afford twenty percent, mm-hmm. thirty won't, fifteen I have a five percent margin myself. Mm-hmm. Don't do this business on the app store. Just yep. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. too you have small to... of a margin for the app store. And that's unfortunate because we're we're surely losing some yeah. things on the app store yeah. because of, of that. And that, that's just the world we're in right now. That means you have to sell them outside. But there is an option to do that. It's a bit awkward and the flows are, are a bit weirder than they need to mm-hmm. be. But it's an option. And realistically, if you're that tight a margin, it's either your only option or... It needs to be you can you can run this fifteen percent thing for a while, uh, sign up customers. Like it also depends, right? If you're, let's say you have a subscription app, like like we do, right? Let's say we would actually be within a year of hitting the million dollars. Based on our current churn rates, we probably would have about eighty percent of people uh, renewing after the first year. Um, you know, those already are then also fifteen percent. You know, because subscriptions on the second year are already at 15% and have been for a yeah. long time. So if depending on your business model, it might also just mean you, you build up your subscriber base. Mm-hmm. And if you ever hit a million, only new customers realistically yeah. pay or, or only for new customers, you pay 30% for the, for the first year again. Mm-hmm. And all your existing ones are kind of in the, in the second year onwards, 15% subscription tier anyways. So there's so many factors and it's, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. And those are all the facts you have to sort of take into account when you decide how you, how your app will make, like work on the yeah. app store in the first place. Yeah. And we're probably going to see that, right? There's at some point in the future, there will be some app that can start small. They had in app purchases. And then when they got bigger, they, they remove in app purchases and they grandfathered all the people in that were there before and new customers have to sign up through the website. That will happen. That's, that's the thing that, that everyone is aware. That's just how the app store works. And I, again, I think that's unfortunate because we're probably losing some, but that's, that, those are just, that's how that particular market works. And I think that's again, it's it's a net 
gain for most hmm. people. And that's, I, think I mean, that's... those things won't change either. I think the fact that Apple, I mean, it's been so long that they had this 30% margins. I mean, no, yeah, they did change the subscription margins to go down to 50% in subs- subsequent years. Uh, but I think like in general, like uh, this is like they have started changing things up now and they might continue changing other things as well. So I think we just have to keep an eye on like well, may- maybe those edge cases or those like more specific business scenarios will have a different way of doing it or apple is changing other things related to that scenario i'm also interested in like the mac app store because i think the mac app store the deal mm-hmm. might actually be worse than on the iris app store um yeah. just because you have mm-hmm. the alternative distribution methods it's it's very close and sometimes your apps actually have to be more limited on the Mac App Store because mm-hmm. of some of yes. the sandboxing requirements. And then if you download directly through, the, through your website, like if you actually distribute the binary yourself, you can do things you can't otherwise do with your app. I think that's that's actually the the worst value people get out of the Mac App Store than the iOS App Store. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I'm wondering that even there is probably potential of like having develop incentives for on the app, Mac App Store where the commission there would be lower or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, because I mean, those are, I'm sure if Apple would say we, we dropped the commission on the Mac App Store to 5%, people would promote their Mac apps a bit more. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see what, what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm happy we'll make more money. And most people, most apps that I'm using and most people that I know that sell their apps on the App Store, uh, also get more money. And I think that's good. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. awesome. That's, it's very helpful for like smaller developers and indie developers so it's good mm. but it's also yeah there, there are different people having different ambitions right if you're mm-hmm. if you're having it as a side gig and you're not really expecting to make much money from it and it's more like a hobby that also pays you it's it's very different from someone who's trying to build a business on the app store right uh so but again sometimes you can sometimes you plan those things sometimes they they hit you uh you know i've seen people that are like hey i have the side hobby and all of a sudden it turns into like one of top grossing apps on the on the app store and you're like all right i guess it's a business now <laughs> um but <laughs> they're always uh, cool stories yeah mm. but it's it, it really depends on on so many factors and it's hard I do understand that it's hard to find like one set of rules that applies to all of those people with all of different, mm-hmm. you know, some people just make really nice apps and they're like, I just give them away for free. Mm-hmm. And you're like, don't do that. <laughs> Why would you do that to everyone? But you know, it's, it's, it's how that works. And yeah. it's, it's weird with software, right? No one would say, you know what? I, I started a woodworking shop and I just give furniture away. No one would do that with like physical goods. But on software, some people are like, oh, I, I just want to give it away. And I always encourage people to charge for it because yes. it's good for people to to have the chance of making being successful. Yeah, it's good for that. They it's also themselves. like I think it can also feel like you you will feel good if you see that people are like willing to pay for what you're doing, and it's also a good part of like. Um, I think I think it's uh, like good to experiment with that part. Like maybe if if you're happy to experiment building different apps, you can also experiment the different like pricing, like have discounts during certain holidays. And those but it's also I I do think it's software is valuable. Like yeah. if if someone wants to use your software, they, they clearly get value out of it. Mm. So don't give it away. It just makes it harder for everyone and and I yourself. Mean, and I see what that, I think. What other people think? What some people think is that it's sort of their portfolio and they want to no, provide it's, it to it's, people. It's, and then I don't I don't agree do, with that. I, I I agree. I think like if you um, if you want to do something um, and you make it make an app that's uh, on the app store, I think you should try charging for it because, like you say, okay, software is valuable. You put a lot of time into it. Um, you should charge for it. Yeah, 
And yeah, yeah. That's fair. it's, it's, it's also, I do think it's, I don't I don't subscribe to the portfolio thing. You you also have a portfolio of us. Yeah, I'm not saying app. that I agree with that, but I think that's a common argument that people just made an app uh, as their first thing and they want to sort of show what they can do. Yeah, but you can you can do that uh, as a paid app. app as well, and I think that's uh, more mm. satisfying. You know the common reviews on the app store. It's like greedy developers. Mm-hmm. I think developers are not greedy enough. Like, yeah. I think everyone that makes an app that actually provides value should actually charge something for it. I agree. I think ideally because you put work into it. Yeah, work and 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 time and and tears depending yeah. on the frameworks you're using. Uh yeah, there there's constant upkeep. Uh I I think ban free apps. That's that's my proposal. <laughs> Was free apps a thing on the App Store originally? Could you have a free app? I think so, yeah. Has it always been a thing? I mean, some apps make sense as free apps, though, where they're a free addition to a, another physical yeah, service. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Or if it's like a news, uh, like a CBC thing, like that would make sense to be a free yeah. app. Yeah. Like a public. Like, public yeah, like a public you don't want to everyone to have to pay $10 to download their contact tracing app. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a government yeah. thing paid for by taxes already. Yeah. Or your, your banking app. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not actually advocating for, for banning free apps. <laughs> no, cool. no just I think it's more about... advocating for people charging for their work. Just, just making it clear. <laughs> yeah. If they're not, if, if that's actually, if there's no other revenue stream for that app, like, charge for it. Yeah, I agree. Right. It might work. Good. Might make you happier and rich. I think, I think so. I think it can make people very happy. And yeah, you should appreciate your own time. Mm. Um, do you see the uh, apps of the year, Zach? <laughs> Yeah, how I think exciting. it's hard it's to miss. Cool. Like if you go to the app <laughs> yeah, store, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have uh, opened the app store on any yes. device in the last few days, you will not miss it. Um, I, it's always kind of cool I, to see these apps on it. It's a bit like the Apple Design Awards, um, where it's mm. nice to see the the good apps highlighted. Um, always mm. very exciting. I, I I saw someone saying that the you know this kind of blue rounded right mm-hmm. app store thing. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually a physical object. Uh, did you see? Yeah, like, they're have sending you them out, the thing in person? Yeah. I, you make it seem like this is a conspiracy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just, I've not seen anyone on Twitter actually posting an oh, okay. actual picture of it. But, uh, that now they exist as physical objects makes them very appealing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like an order of magnitude. Like if you have one of those on your shelves, uh, go. <laughs> I would hang a shelf if if I would like if anyone from Apple Editorial is listening, I will build a shelf to put this uh, this award on. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Okay, uh, no, but I think I think it's fun that Apple does those type of things and that they do highlight yeah. apps. Um, I I found it interesting that they have such a prominent feature on the Mac App Store, though, considering that many of the apps are not available on and the Mac App Store. And it looks kind of weird, right? The get button is just grayed out. Yeah, yeah. And then it, says and it doesn't really not say compatible why. with this device. Wait, where do you see that? Is that when you click it? If you click the the best apps and games, oh uh, yeah, twenty. Um, then uh, you see all the apps, mm. iPhone apps, and then... And then if you click the actual app, it says works on iOS. Yeah, and it yep. says designed for iPad yeah. or something. Yeah, other. and I think, I think, I wonder if this is a... I wonder if we would have seen this if it wasn't uh, for the Apple Silicon Max. Yeah, probably. Especially the design for iPad, I think that indicates that it would run on... Uh, on the Mac, like yeah. for example, Zoom. Zoom is the iPad year of the uh, iPad app of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not available on M1 uh, Max, so they don't get the design for iPad badge underneath the name. So when you see the design for iPad badge, you know that it will run on M1 yeah. Mac. 
Yeah, now and I'm looking, many of them are not. So if it says only available on iOS, that would not run on an, would that run on a Silicon Mac? What do you mean? Uh, so Pokemon Go, for example. Mm-hmm. It says um, Pokemon Go is only available on iOS if you look on the Mac App Store. Mm-hmm. So if I would run this on an Apple Silicon Mac, would this one be downloadable? No, only the ones that say, like they get an extra batch that's saying designed for okay. iPhone or iPad. If you get this extra line underneath the subtitle of the app's name, then you know it will run. Otherwise, okay. it will not. Okay. Yeah, so then there are surprisingly many that are shown here that are specifically not available. Uh, but mm. I think it's it's still interesting. Like most people, many people who have a Mac probably has an iPhone too. So if they use the App Store to like browse it, then they can look at it on the phone afterwards. So I see why they do it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that... It would be fun if there's like a separate like macOS one and a separate iOS one. Mm. I still think uh, running iOS apps on on a Mac is a terrible idea. And the more reviews <laughs> I'm seeing of of people trying it out, the more confirms that that's just a terrible idea. Oh, I think it's not going well. It's just yeah. like apps are not resizable often, or full screen modes do not work, yeah. or you need touch because you know what iOS apps they're, they're touch apps uh, yeah. and. You know, Macs, they don't have touch. Mm. So it's just terrible. Then you have this kind of emulation of touch input with your trackpad, but that only works in a terrible way. And only if you happen to have a trackpad, if you use a mouse, it obviously doesn't work again. And then you have this kind of swipe simulation actions that you can trigger with button presses. And it's just, it's kind of like using the simulator-ish. It's it's like, just not a good if experience. Desper- <laughs> if you desperately need an app that's only available on iOS, maybe it makes sense in yeah. those scenarios. Let's say you're like ordering food through an app and then you want to see where your food is while you're at your back. Yeah, maybe they have it websites, makes sense. Though. Yeah, they have websites. So uh, I, I don't know. Uh, there, I think in my life there might be there might be one app mm. and that's the one for the vacuum cleaner. That's the only app I would yeah. like to to have on my on my Mac. Mm. Um, but it's it's. It feels like one of those a thousand no's for every yes. This yeah. this to yeah. me would have been yeah. a no. I, I yeah. know why it is possible and I know why it is yeah. uh, manageable yeah. to do that. I just don't think it's it's worth all the bad experience it causes because yeah. I don't I don't see the value overshadowing it. And it makes everything more complex, right? And Apple's already in a situation now where they add too many unnecessary complexities to mm. their software, so everything becomes more flaky. Because there's so many weird things that now have to be maintained. Just and think, I think of it's the... Also, there are also a lot more unknowns for people who go to the App Store and download something. They don't really know what type of app they will expect to be using. Unless they see that tertiary color designed for iphone or ipad yeah but it's also it's just if you think about the extra complexity of managing that right you're like i, I can totally see how someone said hey look we can do that now because they run the same the same ships essentially so you can run I- iOS mm-hmm. apps and it's mm-hmm. cool demo and that's usually when you would shelf it but instead now you have to maintain this entire ios runtime on mac os mm-hmm. that is being updated in in some you know probably not in direct uh simultaneous releases with the ios releases right ios 14.3 is being is coming out on on phones and ipads and then at some point there will be a big Sur update that adds to new runtimes and it's yeah. kind of weird and you have yeah. to check for that and then some people have to make custom things for it to not be completely terrible or opt out yeah it just doesn't, uh, but that's the thing and some think- apps just don't work like they yeah. just straight straight up don't work because it was um, everyone was in that by default and you had to opt out. So and in some that, apps scenario, that, in that scenario, it would still be available, right? But it would say not verified. 
Is that correct? Yeah, something There's like that. There's a separate batch for that. Yeah, but uh, it's like it's it's just I I don't I don't see the value of it. I think it's just hmm. unless there's something coming. And so far, the last few times when we thought something is weird here, I wonder if there's something coming. So far, we've not seen a lot of redeeming updates yeah. to those yeah. uh, parts. Of I do the, wonder what the end goal is, and we don't seem to have an answer for that yet. And to touch screen Max make this better? Who knows? Probably not. Probably I mean, the apps not. don't get better. But, yeah. Mm. yeah, I think even if there would be a touchscreen Mac coming, I think there should be a separation that, like, if you have an iOS app running on the Mac, it should only be available when you're in the touchscreen mode. Then that should have waited till that's actually a device that's available. Seems a bit weird to do it now. But you still have all the problems that you have, like apps not being resizable, full screen stuff, yeah. uh, it being designed for different things, needing hardware things mm. that, that the Mac doesn't have. It's just. To me, again, it's it's one of the things that I see why you can do it, but I, I would have said no to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. It feels like... Um, similar to uh, touchscreen Macs, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think Apple was fighting that off for a very long time for, for very reasonable reasons, because touchscreen Macs... I know there are some I people mean, that the, really the, want them. I, I think it's a terrible idea. I hope we're not... Yeah. Uh, I, I hope we're not seeing the obvious touchscreen Mac. Like mm-hmm. the obvious as in you have the Mac as we have it today, and now we can touch it. I hope that's not it. Yeah, no, I, hope I hope we either don't see touchscreen Macs because it's a terrible idea right now, or we see some major improvements to how a touchscreen Mac would function. Yeah, like where either, it completely shifts into a different mode or exactly. something. Yeah, and I think that's something I was sort of... We were talking about earlier uh, this year that like what would make more sense is if, is if you have like a handheld or like a touch version of, of OS. So like when, you, when you're when you not using it with a keyboard, you have it in a touchscreen mode. Uh, and otherwise it uses like the Mac OS UI. Um, I think that would make sense, but if, like it, that would be the more clear way of doing it because you would like get the benefit of having a touch screen and not having like, the small but touch. I think targets. if anything, we're moving further and further away from that. I think Big Sur is one of the less least touch friendly OSs, Mac OSs we've seen. Like everything. Yeah, I agree, but I feel like design wise, because everything is now behind hover states, which is notoriously mm. impossible with touch. You know, everything in this OS, and that's one of my biggest gripes with this OS. I just got a notification. I do not know whether I can action it. I have to hover over it mm. to then see um, the uh, the more button popping up and the, the kind of dismiss button. They only show up when you actually hover over them, and then you have to click. The, click the more button to then actually do the primary and secondary action. It's just everything is behind even more I, more hover states, even some it, buttons than the entire idea of uh, toolbars, for example, right? Toolbars now have mostly uh, icons rather than words. Um, and for those, you need tooltips because otherwise you don't know what those buttons do when you try to action them for the first time. And again, tooltips, not great for, with touch inf- interfaces. So I, I just think... A lot of the design things we've seen actually move away from it being a touch friendly. I I, yes, I see I, the I, argument I, of things are bigger. Sure, mm-hmm. that is the only argument I can see. Some elements are bigger than before, so, but otherwise, as far as the experience of of using a system goes, I think we're 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 moving away from it being touch friendly. So I agree with it moving away from being touch friendly, but I think when you look at the UI of Big Sur, it's getting closer to a. Uh, like iOS UI. I sure. think they have similar lightness, similar transparency, similar stylistic mm. elements. And I think that's why it would, the way I see it making more sense would be that they are similar in like design, design wise. Like they use the same, a similar design language, but they, 
input mechanism and the UX is different. And then you would have a different UX, like which is macOS Big Sur or like a macOS version, which you use when you have a keyboard. And then you can have small touch target and things like hover states. But then when you take it out of a... F- like mm. if you would use it in a touch screen mode, whatever that would be, then you would get sort of like a iOS version of it, but it would be less of a jarring experience. But like the difference with the UI would not be significant as as it would have been in, pre- in the past. Does yeah, that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And it, it, that's if that was the goal with Pixar, I think Apple pretty much got there, right? If you if you use your iPad with iOS 14 and you switch to your Mac, there's no mm-hmm. visual jarring difference. Exactly. It, yeah. it feels like the same design language. A lot mm. of similar concepts executed for for the different platforms. And I mean, some of the things I'm I'm not agreeing with on on Pixar, um, but it definitely feels like a uniform design across all of Apple's operating systems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I do think like some of the kind of switching if if we get to a point where we're actually switching into a touchscreen mode that wouldn't make sense if you if you if my mac would switch into an i i ipad os it would at least visually not be jarring so i i do agree with that i just think mac os itself is not becoming more touch friendly it just design wise yeah, okay. mm-hmm. uh exactly. neared ipad os exactly yeah, yeah. so it's yeah because when you said that i was thinking like the big Sur design language things have gotten a little bit bigger and, you know, sidebars a little bit bigger and toolbar buttons a little bit bigger and that kind of felt more touch-friendly. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't think it's touch-friendly. I think it's really just close in design because so exactly. many things yeah. are not okay. very, very touch-friendly. Yeah. No, it's more about, like, taking away that sort of extreme difference or, like, the... the yeah, okay. It's not a jarring experience, but, like, mm-hmm. you, you unify them more. Uh, but yeah, I think you still definitely benefit from having a, cap- a, a, a keyboard and a sort of pointing device for macOS Big Sur. Yeah, because if oh, you yeah, would... for sure, I wouldn't want to use this as a touch operating system, but no. I could see the jump if it happened. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I still wonder. I, I do think the, the only thing I can see right now is the actual mode switch, where it's like, hey, you take it out of a case and it turns into, you know, you detach it from the keyboard and then it turns into, like, actually an iPad. And all the iOS apps that you already had installed will be available on, in that interface, but all your Mac apps will not. And when you put it back into the 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 keyboard case, then all you, it switches back to macOS. You know, and mm-hmm. all the data for the iOS apps is shared, and all the kind of all the apps that do use iCloud for syncing will obviously work on both modes. So that's that's the only thing I can at the moment see as a reasonable approach to this. Yeah, exactly. But we'll we'll see. Will mm. be uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I will get. Much use of the, I think I'd rather pick up my phone at the moment to use the iOS version of the apps than picking them up on my computer if I would have a, if I would have a Silicon Mac. I think the, like the touch interface is so much better on a phone. So like, I don't even know, even if I would have a Silicon Mac, I don't think I would use them any, because we were talking about, uh, using iPhones. Apple Silicon Mac or just having Silicon in a Mac? (laughs) The Apple Silicon Mac. I I just don't think I would use them necessarily. And I also think, uh, like at the moment I have like my phone right next to me. I think it makes more sense to use a touchscreen for those apps. I would rather sort of move over to that if I need to. Yeah. So touchscreen Macs declined. No, it's not about touchscreen Macs. It's about the iPhone apps on the on the Mac. That's I think that's where we started out. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there are better ways of making good Mac apps now. Like use SwiftUI. There we go. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. I Interestingly, I ran Petty in the um, improved catalyst mode thing mm-hmm. um, from Xcode on Big Sur. And I wasn't super impressed. Um, it translates fine, but it still <laughs> does not feel native and it's not something I would want to ship. Yeah. Uh, and I figure there'd need to be a lot of work that goes into it before it's something. Like the mm-hmm. iOS app, I think feels pretty iOSy. I think mm-hmm. it feels pretty nice. Like it's yeah. it's fairly intuitive. Um, you know, standard standard elements and stuff. But it feels native. It's fast. All those kind of things. Mm. The Mac app just felt clunky. Almost like when you use a website that's like bogged down with JavaScript, and you can just tell because performance is a little off. And you know, it's it's just a bit weird. It kind of mm-hmm. felt like that. Mm. Um, it wasn't very pleasant to use. Mm. Uh, so I'm not so, going to ship it at least in no. this state. <laughs> Yeah. And I assume you opted out from running, from shipping the iOS app Oh, of course. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get a little warning about that because um, for some reason I'd been opted back in like days before oh, really? you needed to finalize your opt-in status. And I managed to opt out before Apple shipped any Silicon Macs. But I got a warning saying that your app uses core location, so things might not behave as expected. <laughs> That's enough for me. But I wasn't going to sign it. I wasn't going to opt in anyway. See, even in those yeah. scenarios, I'm surprised that Apple doesn't opt you out if they notice there's a framework you're right. using that is not going to work. Like, <sighs> just opt you out and say, send you a message saying, hey, it doesn't seem like your app will work. Yeah. You can opt in it once you fix it. Like, do something yeah, about exactly. it. I think it should have been part of your review. The next update you submit, it's automatically checking also reviewed us on macOS. Yeah. And then then if, if it passes to macOS review, it will be available but otherwise, if it doesn't, then it's not available on the Mac. Do you I just know don't. I saw they... some funny tweets going around about apps uh, that run on the Mac that obviously weren't built for the Mac. Don't really know what's happening. Like sometimes it triggers the jailbreak detection or the <laughs> you're running a really old iPhone check or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, quite quite amusing. Mm. And that's you know, it... the jailbreak one is probably because you have access to some directory yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. you otherwise wouldn't on on iOS, and mm-hmm. they're doing a check for like documents. Mm. What happens if you're trying to like turn on Face ID? Is it just saying biometrics not available, or only Touch ID available on like Touch ID Max? I don't Do you know, know how it works, but I would, if I had to guess, I'd say Touch ID and then fall back to passcode. Mm. Yeah, that would be the logical <laughs> thing in my mind. That would be so funny. Oh mm. man, yeah, it's weird. Very strange. Um, we talked a bit about um, like. If that it potentially would make sense if they just test it when you submit it for a, another update, like when you submit the next update. Mm. Do you do we know if they actually do separate testing I don't think so. in the review That's process? A good question. I don't, I don't think know. so. No, mm. I think it's just because well, uh, if you're on your own. It might work. It might <laughs> not mean? work. Catalyst is perfect. If it works on the iPhone, it works on the Mac. <laughs> There's nothing just, that's going to go wrong. We have I mean, noticed Catalyst that the reboot- are being reviewed, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah, true, because true, you true, ship yeah. it specifically for Mac. So or the ones yeah. that are explicitly designed to work. <laughs> They are going through all the scrutiny. Yeah. The ones where you're like, I don't freaking care, whatever, man. Everyone's like, cool, thumbs up, ship it on all the Macs. Okay. See, that's what yeah. I was thinking. They might do like a routine thing. And we also noticed that the spot check. Yeah. But, but like we also have noticed a longer review process in general on macOS. I thought maybe the macOS team review, t- review team is more busy. I mean, so. longer. It's like an extra 12 hours. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's not yeah. like whoa. No, <laughs> I mean I'm changed. not. I'm not complaining, but I still thought they might have had an impact because we noticed this when Big Sur came out. So I was thinking maybe they spent time reviewing those iOS apps as well. I do like the kind of switching systems though, because there are a lot of things that are that have changed recently. They're kind of hint at that direction, right? Mm-hmm. All of Apple's like Apple platform developer thing. Like mm-hmm. for Orbit, it would be quite a nice experience, right? Because we yeah. do have the app on all the platforms. Yeah. So if you use the Mac app. And then you would take it out of the case or switch it into the iPad mode. 
it would just transition into the iPad uh, mode of the app and everything is just there, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's already synced and you're just use, getting a touch interface for that and then you put it back in the case and mm -hmm. it just morphs back into that. And all It's the a bit like when you change between size classes. If you have a different size class, like if you have a, if you have a separate design for your sort of smaller size mm -hmm. class or your like iPhone version of an iOS, of an iPad app, then that will look significantly different than when you run it in full screen. So you could have like something similar. Universal apps. It, it's actually like from a, from a pipeline perspective, not too bad for Apple to do that now, right? Because if you have a universal app, mm -hmm. they could actually prefetch the binaries for the dip, for all the different mm -hmm. things. And then, uh, as you switch into a different mode, you don't even have to re-authenticate. You don't have to re-download the app, everything. If your app is built that way, and we, we probably would need to have some kind of node spirit on that to make sure like the keychain stuff is all synced across and those kind of things. But in theory, if, if you can actually do a state restoration across apps and they're si similar enough that you, that is, that is a reasonable thing to do, wouldn't need to be the worst experience. And some of the display, <laughs> I, I think before the M1 chips were, uh, M1 Max were announced and before we saw some of the hands-on experience people had, I was declaring on this podcast that I don't think Apple's external display support will, will get better anytime soon. Turns out I was completely wrong on that. That and yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the display driver and the pipeline thing completely changed with the M1 yeah. Max, which is super it cool. Is so good. Uh, like seeing resolution changes happen instantaneously is mm -hmm. cool. But what, what I find impressive is if you have your Mac connected to, like a MacBook connected to an external display and you close the lid, no flashing, no blinking, nothing goes dark, black, or, or kind of jiggles around. It's just you close your Mac and all the windows you had on your Mac are now on your display. You open it up and it's back in the state you, you started. It's, it, and yeah. it's, it just works. Yep. But it's, it's, and like, until this point, that's always been an absolute chore to have to change even just display resolutions, mm -hmm. let alone mm -hmm. changing, you know, whether you've got a monitor connected or not. It's, yeah. you know, and Apple Painful. really seemed to struggle with external displays for, for quite a few years now. So if this has gotten a significant update, I mean, I, I don't know how it could have gotten worse. So if, if that gets attention, first of all, I think that's exciting because that means like maybe in the future, uh, I, I could actually use a computer that I use in clamshell mode. Uh, with an external display again, where I don't have to have a laptop and a uh, desktop at home. Because the reason I, I like desktops is uh, to a large extent that having an external display connected to a clamshell Mac is just getting flaky for a lot of reasons. The Mac usually gets unnecessarily hot. There are weird display things. Every time you disconnect it, everything is jiggled all over the place. And Apple Silicon solves a lot of those. Like the display thing apparently is, is fixed and significantly better than ever before. Um, heat doesn't seem to be a problem at all anymore. So who cares if it's in clamshell open uh, or if you store it in the oven? Seems like the M1 is cool enough that there is no environment in which that one would run hot. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Even probably if you push the GPUs with like a 5K display that we're hopefully seeing in the future mm -hmm. again. Um, yeah. So I, I think that is exciting from a maybe maybe like having one device that you kind of use across everything like when you're at home you plug it in a com into a monitor and you have a 27 30 
32 whatever mm-hmm. external display on the go you have have your like laptop style and then you detach it and you have an ipad that could be a cool thing and if those things you know the the display pipeline if you switch it into like ipad mode might be necessary to to get this kind of seamless switching between those i, I don't know might be gimmicky but i could do you remember it was probably like five years ago now. There was a device, I think it was probably an Android device, where it was like <laughs> basically a phone, like that you then had like different accessories to. So you could move this phone, like at- attach this phone to like a, a tablet, and mm-hmm. then you could attach mm-hmm. that to a keyboard, and mm-hmm. then like you could have different versions of it. And, like, and then it wasn't very powerful because everything was running from a pretty affordable phone. Yeah, so you um, popped it in and then you exactly. got the desktop remember, computer, essentially. Do you I think it was Samsung. Those? Yeah. Um, they called it yeah. Dex or something like that. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the I think Apple it, is way better equipped for that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know I, if they should go that down I don't route. think you should narrow it down so much to like a phone. I think a tablet and then desktop would maybe be more I mean, in sensible. theory, Apple has at least it looks like their hardware is in a situation where all of those devices could possibly be decent. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if, if you could get like my, my iPhone 12 mini, mm-hmm. if that would run macOS in theory i mean ram constraints and yeah. a whole bunch of constraints yeah. but as far as the the a14 chip that's in there it would probably outperform or or match a lot of macs that have yeah. been sold right yeah so in theory i think apple's now in a situation where those things are are possible and i think that's interesting mm-hmm. again i don't know how how well that will actually work but i i like that when it's that it looks like a lot of things are now improved enough or solid enough and it makes sense right if apple builds their own gpus they can they don't have to worry about like amd drivers or intel's integrated drivers and then making tweaks for them to work with macros apple now writes everything themselves so they can kind of simplify the entire pipeline for for any kind of graphical output which is exciting but it allows them to be strategically in a position where they can try and potentially even build good machines that do those kind of slightly other multi multi-platform things i think that's that's cool i don't know if we'll see it but it's not as as strange as it would have sounded a couple of years ago hmm. yay technology if it works. <laughs> yeah if it works that's the thing like i don't know at the moment uh it feels like you see so many I think you mentioned a bit, Kai, there's a lot of complexity being added when those things mm-hmm. are possible. And I think at the moment, especially for macOS, you see so many different options. You can run your app just like that. You can also work with like Catalyst and you can also do SwiftUI. And I feel like there are so many different forks right now and so many different options. And it just, in order for there to be all those possibilities, I think there's, it's very important that everything is being well maintained. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope this doesn't slow them down in order to do that maintenance and in order to make sure that all those things work in parallel. Um, so I hope it's not slowing them down. And I'm also hoping that like we will still see quality when it comes to both sides, when it comes to the software in those scenarios. Mm. Yeah, I I hope this turns out to be a transition period to something. Yeah, I mean it definitely is a transition. We know like the arm arm transition is definitely a transition. Yeah, I don't think a lot of the big sort of particular software issues are related to that. But I mean, mm-hmm. then again, the macOS team probably spent a significant amount of time on making sure all all their things run on that new architecture exactly, where yeah. race conditions yeah. resolve differently and a whole bunch of different rendering stuff. Yeah. There is significant overhead to get that working and there is extra overhead to get it working across all the intel Macs. but 
Yeah, exactly. Realistically, that it will not all be deprecated next year. That mm. will probably be quite a few years. Mm. But the effort but, of making it work across is probably the highest right now than than ever before. Yeah, and, so and I think once that is like, to one. and once that's like, I think that I mean they're, they're proven that it works now by the by, by the look of it. So I'm hoping that we will see some more. Uh, like just continuously in polishing and improving and see that that works stably. Uh, and yeah. like, uh, yeah. I want to see no changes to macros <laughs> for next two years. I, I would like to get a bit of a like, uh, let's reassess and like, let, let's just make sure everything is solid for mm-hmm. a while. And I think that's something you, you see every now and then that Apple sort of, they release a lot of features and then they sort of pull back a bit and make sure that everything, uh, is working very solidly. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I can imagine really that happening soon. A mountain big sir release type. Yeah. Uh, thing next year i really hope this is not everything is different again yeah. <laughs> look we completely changed uh how we render windows again isn't that fun yeah, yeah i really hope this is a look we, we we took the year uh and and just polished everything and made sure that buttons are visible and <laughs> primary actions are are clickable without having to hover first and seeing what what pops up mm. Which I would expect because we've seen this sort of big design change now and the big sort of, uh, complexity that was involved in like making, making everything run on Intel yeah. and on uh, M1. So hopefully they have time for that now. But I also think there are just some like overall, I don't know what your impressions are of Big Sur, uh, Zach, but I, I think this has been for me at least one of the rougher years of, of macro software. Like there are a lot of things that are, buggy like i i think one is very um 5k imac specific sometimes um i think apple still on even on 2020 imax they're actually rendering both display halves on on kind of different yeah so sometimes you see uh, the the funniest one is the left side of my display sometimes goes into night shift and the right side Mm. of my display stays in in like normal colors so the the left side turns yellow the right side turns uh, stays blue which is super weird. Yes. No, um, that is a very specific bug that I have not encountered, but that mm. would drive me crazy. Yeah. What makes you think this would be an iMac specific because thing? Because okay? the 5K iMac is, as far as I know, the only display that, that is being driven by like two different... Okay. Um, mm. They're actually having like their own display driver that kind of splits the signal okay. up into left and right half oh, okay. um, to get to the 5K resolution at 60 hertz. Um, so there are actually different things happening on the left side and the right side. And in mm. theory, they should all be in sync, but apparently in Big Sur, that broke something. And sometimes they're not in sync. But in general, Night Shift, uh, sometimes turns, turns off mm. after a, uh, waking up the Mac again randomly. Uh, some of the security things are a bit weird where you have to allow, um, like extensions and then they don't show up or you can't allow them and you have to restart your mac a few times um i had the other day where where my mac woke uh, just told me hey there's a warning because the weather app um doesn't have location access it's like what is the weather app i assume it was a widget so i went to that would be the widget so i went to (laughs) privacy and tried to enable it it didn't even show an icon like the app icon wasn't there and it showed a yellow exclamation mark saying that something in system library is is not available and i hit the check mark and then it appeared uh and then there was a different error that that just said something generic and then i (laughs) scrolled through that list and it's like messages showed up twice in the list of of location permission it's like why is there two messages it's which is which and you right click it to show in finder and same there's just a lot of stuff that feels very Hmm. um rushed so i'm I'm, i wonder how much of that will be fixed in 11.1 and and 2 but overall 
my my initial Big Sur impression is not that exceptional. Hmm. How about you, Zach? That's fair. I've had no real problems with Big Sur. Um, nothing right. unusual. Well, it, it's a, I would say it's a little bit more sluggish than mm-hmm. like it's made my computer f- feel a little bit slower, but that's fairly standard for a like point Mac OS release. And I imagine that you know there'll be some optimizations that happen in future versions, and everything will be good again. But apart from that, I, I think that is like, Apple's uh, strategy to get you to buy an M1 Mac. Oh, Isn't that God, what people always say? Apple deliberately slows down your mm. computer. In this yeah, case, yeah. Uh, they made the new ones deliberately faster. Oh. So they're trying a different strategy. This <laughs> Thanks, Apple. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit annoying, but it'll be okay. Um, mm. Yeah, but it's it's mostly been fine. I'm not super concerned. Um, things work fine. I haven't, like, nothing's crashing more than normal or nothing's not working. Um, really? Yeah, I have to reset okay. my Mac at least every other day for, for something to Weird. work again. Okay. I, I don't, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, yeah, getting lucky. I don't know. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, how do you like the some of the design things, like the notifications, where you no longer know what what you can action and whatnot until you hover over them? That is weird. I don't <laughs> like if you've got a stack of notifications. For example, reminders. I don't uh-huh. like how you have to press to expand the stack before you can action yeah. that first one. That mm-hmm. is I know. odd. Yeah. yeah. Why? Um, Why? Why? Yeah. What's the problem here? Why you're you're right just... about some things being less discoverable, like all the mm-hmm. hover states that are necessary. That mm-hmm. is a little bit confusing, but it's mostly around notifications where mm-hmm. that problem lies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have any problems with like the, the contrast between windows. I know that that was a complaint in earlier betas. I'm not sure how much of a change during the betas because mm-hmm. I didn't run the betas, mm-hmm. but that all seems fine. Um, I actually think things look nice. Like I really like Safari. I like the big uh, uh, icons in the in the menu bar, or not the menu bar, the um, tab. What do you call it? Top bar thingy, the toolbar. <laughs> toolbar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the toolbar got there in the end. Um, some <laughs> window, some window toolbars are a bit weird, but even mm-hmm. for apps that have been updated for Big Sur, but yeah. I, I think mm. they just haven't properly updated. Like the uh, traffic light icons seem to get a little bit close to the toolbar. And I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. that's just apps not being fully updated yet, um, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to like a, a Big Sur issue specifically. Um, but I'm mm. overall like pretty happy with this, but also I'm not dealing with the like, day-to-day software development for it. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing, you know, half of your pain is in, is in that as well and fighting <laughs> Swift UI and mm. Xcode and all the developer tools that you have to use. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to that, but it's also, I do, I do agree that the window, like the toolbars of windows that do not have focus are better but sometimes if you have a stack of windows behind each other it's still the contrast isn't as big as it used to be so sometimes i i hit the wrong toolbar if i have like a perfectly nested um like three <laughs> windows of the same app like sometimes i hit the like in tower that happens to me sometimes i hit the uh stash button on the wrong window because i didn't realize at a glance that that one was actually not the one that had to focus. <laughs> um, music yeah. is a good example too, where, where that's weird. I don't know if you open your music app on your Mac and you look at the I volume. I don't think I have, no. Yeah, if you open the music app and you look at the volume slider, that to me looks 100% disabled. It doesn't look like the volume uh-huh. slider is active. Okay, it is, yeah. It is, but it definitely looks like a disabled button even next to like the the airplay icon that's that's right there so that's a bit weird uh oh, thing okay I, yeah i see what you're getting at yeah yeah 
Amazing. You know, yeah. you wouldn't think that those buttons are enabled, but if you hover over the audio buttons, then they kind of turn into something that looks like it's a bit weird. Again, why is there a hover state? I don't understand. Why does that particular button for, for audio have a hover state and nothing else in the toolbar has hover states? So it's just a few kind of weird things, and I'm sure those will be addressed, but I do not at all like the paradigm of hovering to I'm I'm okay hovering change like a lot of web stuff do they do that or even the toolbar in, in some apps not all again music doesn't do hover on the toolbar for some reason but like mm. if you look at the finder right if you hover over the icons they kind of show they kind of get a background if they're enabled like as a hover state right it doesn't change anything it just the buttons do not have a border and when you hover over them they do get a border that that part I, I like. I think that's visually quite pleasing and it's fine. Uh, I do not like the parts where hover reveals information that wasn't available before. Or sometimes, like you said, in a stack where you actually not only have to hover, but then also click and then hover and then click again. Like if I want to accept this calendar invite I just received and I received two. I first have to click the stack for it to expand. Mm -hmm. Like I have to hover over it, click it to expand, and it's expanded. Then I have to hover over the second uh, notification to see the options, which mm -hmm. is also a bit weird. Why is it saying options? Then I have to click options, and then I have to go down and hit the accept button. Mm -hmm. It's like so many hover, click, hover, click, click. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Like that That doesn't make anything yeah. better. Yeah. No one says, oh, I'm so happy that my, my notifications are no longer cluttering my screen. Either get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Like th yep. they're there for a reason, right? Especially the ones that are not disappearing themselves mm -hmm. are there because they want to be actioned. So the yep. most likely scenario is an action. Mm -hmm. And the most yep. likely action is the primary action, which is usually if you get a calendar invite, to, for me at least when i don't have any other appointments in my life is accept mm -hmm. and i i do not understand what the point of adding extra like options is also not a great name for that extra button um so i don't understand that decision that yeah, makes I, no sense to me i don't I, know why I, I agree with the hover and the option and like all the clicking around making it a lot more convoluted and slightly less intuitive i think that seems like that that I see your frustration, but I do wonder, mm -hmm. um, when, when you talked, uh, both of you mentioned the fact that you have to, like, if you have a notification from the same app, you have to tap it or click it and then it expands all of them. Mm -hmm. So you can see all yes. of them. And that feels like a way for them to unify what, how it works like on iOS. Because if yeah, you have, a, sure. if you have yeah. multiple no notifications from the same app on iOS, they would all be in a stack. Mm -hmm. You can't directly access the app. You have to expand yeah. it and then go into the app. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but but so that's also yeah. the thing where, having a pointing device changes the way you inter you interface mm -hmm. with your with your computer yeah. right because we don't need that you need that on iOS because there is no hover state yeah. on macOS exactly. as as Bixer made very clear there are, we there. do have hover states yeah. so why don't we use that at least because realistically if you have a stack of notifications you probably want to action all of them anyways mm -hmm. so let me accept the first one that one goes away and then there's one left and let me decline the next one, mm -hmm. right? Why Why can't I just work through the stack mm -hmm. rather than having to expand them, you know? Yeah, just, in order to do it, yeah. 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 So it's... it's I well, as on, on iOS, it would be different because you could like work through a stack by entering the app. Well, as on macOS, you would expect to be or, able to work through the stack directly. You just there. lose the hover. So you kind of have to have some way of, yeah. you know? Yeah. If, if you want to not have a button that you can accidentally, you know, you mm -hmm. have a lot more accidental input on mm -hmm. a 
uh, on a on touchscreen device yeah. than on a Mac. So fundamentally, just you don't need to hide a, a dismiss button because you will not accidentally like uh, fat finger it. You you will yeah. move your mouse over there and then click a button. Yeah. Right now, you just have to learn or and remember there is a dismiss button in the in the top left of every notification. So just hover right there and then it will appear. And even there's some weird things where the button is kind of extending beyond the notification. So if you hover in the area that it will expand into, you're still not getting the dismiss button. You actually have to hover into the notification to then go slightly back into Xbox. Again, small, small kind of complaint, but I think that is something that is such an easy fix in the future. And I really yeah. hope that Apple's not making those decisions to make it more like a, a different, because Apple's all about, you know, you see that WWDC all the time where they tell developers, those are different operating systems. It's not about running everything everywhere. Yeah. It's about optimizing and learning mm -hmm. and then building specific tools. But now a lot of their design system is actually doing the exact opposite. Where they're like, hey, this is how it works in iOS. So let's throw it on a Mac and see what happens. I don't think that's necessarily, like, that's not the conclusion I draw from that. My conclusion is more like the fact that they are, they might be trying to bring, it's another scenario where they try to bring them closer. So you see that they look very similar, but then they could behave very differently. Yeah. And, but I think that's what they we need actually, to do, right? They sh the next step will be to make them behave differently and use the platform specifically so that like when you have a when you have a mouse attached and it works in one way and when you have fat fingers then that's a different thing uh, but like unify the ui if you need to unify something if you if we have this like future dream world that we've been talking about where you can sort of de detach your computer and then have a touchscreen then i think the important part is that the ui looks similar enough but you don't need you should still utilize all the different platforms and use things like keyboards and stuff like and and touch inputs and stuff like that mm. yeah but yeah so i have a lot of weird nitpicks that i've not had yeah. before and it's also something i've never i've never thought about how notifications work before mm -hmm. and i it feel like now i have to before but now i mean that that could also be it is a change and you will get used to it but i do agree it feels more convoluted than it has to be no, it is a bit weird and it isn't very macky i'll mm. agree with that we don't need the same interface patterns yeah. on the different operating systems they mm. are different mm. Yeah, and especially when you're losing something on the Mac, for it to look more like an iPad seems silly to mm. me. Um, especially when there is nothing like a touchscreen Mac at the moment. It's not like... Yeah, we're solving a problem that only existed on a different platform because it's a different platform. Mm. And now we're bringing the learnings of how a different platform works mm. to a Mac that works, you know. But look, like maybe, all maybe the things we learned from planes, we're now bringing them to cars. Yeah, like, but what? <laughs> I mean, maybe it will make sense in a couple of years if they do end up sort of unifying it more or if they end up having like a hybrid device. But at the moment, it feels like there's a lot of things that are like, why Why did they do it this mm. way? And uh, it, it sort of causes you more irritation at the moment than benefits uh, by the sound of it. Like it seems more, like those are more convoluted and it brings benefits to UK. But hopefully it will all sort of yeah. work out. But it's when a bit we weird, right? It's like, you know, just yeah. because you learned a lot of things from a plane, you don't get rid of the reverse gear on an, on a car because planes can go backwards. So let's bring that to a car <laughs> because some of them are limitations on one, one thing. Mm -hmm. And just because you found a solution for them with pushbacks for planes doesn't mean you should now do the same on, on all your other platforms, mm -hmm. I think. So it feels a bit weird. Mm -hmm. But again, I think those are easy fixes in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. um, other things, and I, you see that in a few places, like widgets, for example. I think it's kind of 
for a developer, it's kind of easy to bring widgets to a Mac. Mm -hmm. But the old widgets were definitely more Mac useful. Like, for example, we I used to use a um, time zone widget quite a lot. What were they called before we had the new widgets on Mac OS? Uh, they were today widgets, weren't they? I forgot. Oh, maybe. yeah. It's but they were interactive, like right? Because yeah, uh, yeah. it was kind of nice because they didn't have the limitations of iOS where they shouldn't actually run. So like for the time zone one, it had a slider where, where I could sh- switch to, if it's 9 p.m. in Vancouver, what time is it in Sydney? Mm-hmm. Now widgets are no longer interactive. So I have like a world clock type thing, but the widget or the, the extension can no longer do that. So instead I have to open the app. Mm-hmm. Again, not a big... Big problem, but it shows again why the, where the Mac is different and where we had benefits on the Mac that we didn't have on iOS, mm-hmm. where we now have the same limitations that iOS had mm-hmm. for no gain. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things are a bit... It feels unforced. So yeah. It's a bit annoying. But outside of that, I do... <laughs> it sounds like I, I, I dislike Big Sur. I do like a lot of the design changes. I'm actually... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard some yeah. people being really against them. I do overall like them. It's just those kind of small nitpicky things that I've never had to think about that I now realize I have to think about because mm-hmm. they're they're just not working in in the same intuitive way anymore. Yeah. And, and I do think a lot of those things are because... Mm bringing the platforms together. Yeah, and maybe it changes, maybe it makes more sense in the future, or maybe they sort of take a step back because sometimes when you see Apple doing like big design changes, they then address things in the in the future version, so things might change. Uh, so we'll see. Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. But overall, I think Big Sur doesn't look bad. Like I, I like the sort of light style mm, and I would transparency. Agree yeah, yeah I don't really like the dark mode. Sometimes I feel like it has a bit too much transparency in dark mode, mm-hmm. uh, especially yeah. with the default background that uh, that Apple has. Like many things feel a bit reddish, but I also yeah. don't use it in dark mode that much. Uh, so maybe I would like it would be better if I like play around with the settings a bit and change it up. Mm. But that's the only thing where I don't really like the transparency. But in like regular mode, like in light mode, I quite like the translucency and yeah, the lightness. Sure. Yeah. And there are a lot of nice things. Like I really like control center. I like how you can drag um, specific elements from the control center into your menu bar. Like if you, mm-hmm. I don't know, you use do not disturb a lot, you can just drag that card mm-hmm. and place it in your dock directly, mm-hmm. uh, in your menu bar directly, which is really nice. Ah, I mm-hmm. forgot about that. But yeah, good good call. Yeah. Um, same for like music playback. You can you now get a music playback in mm-hmm. your uh, menu bar, which is really nice. Um, there is uh, like a lot of AirPods improvements where the Mac now set tells you, hey, your AirPods are nearby. Do you want to switch to those? And it just offers it to you rather that than trying really to be nice, too yeah. too smart and switching back and forth. It's mm. really nice that it says, hey, you have nearby AirPods. you want to switch to those? And then you hit that and then you hover over it and you hit... <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. you, Let's move on. but you then can switch to them uh, in a very nice way. And I really like that. Mm. Uh, I do like some of the changes in, in the settings app that kind of unified things a bit more. Mm. Screen time actually got... Uh, useful now. Really? Yeah. What? More useful. Okay. I shouldn't. I shouldn't overpromise. Um, but it no longer considers every app that's that's running on your Mac oh. to be active. It now <laughs> really? considers only the one that's actually having. I th- I think they go by is key window. Like, so they're mm-hmm. checking which window you're actually looking at. Great. And counting that time, which again makes a lot of a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. It's still a bit weird yeah. on, on yeah. macOS, but it's definitely. Like a step towards from complete useless. I don't even know yeah. what's there to. Because, uh, hey, now there's now you can actually see why why you might want to. Yeah, like I can have an app open for like a month without yeah. closing it. It's it's still that that would count towards my screen. Hey, I have a lot of RAM on my Mac, so yeah. 
90% of apps that I have on that I use are open all the time. So show off. screen time would just show all the apps. Have, you also yeah. have that. <laughs> uh, all the apps would just run point. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and now you can actually see, all right, I spent this many hours in Slack and this many in, in, okay. in Discord and that's whatever. That's a lot better, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a nice improvement. Yeah. Very much what you would expect in the first place. Mm. <laughs> and, and like some of Apple's apps uh, got nicer. I do like all the Safari improvements as well. Mm. Um, so I, I do overall think there were a lot of things that are going in the right direction. Design-wise, I do visually like that. It's just where it compromises the experience. I think the compromise should have kind of tipped more towards usability over over visual appearance yeah. when, when, you know, it it's no one's printing out the UI and, and decorating their home with it. And it feels like in some corners that that was the goal. Let's have a pretty... If someone is just walking by a Mac and looks at it, it all looks pristine and nice. And then you have to hover over everything. Let's hope that next year is more of a polishing Yeah. <laughs> also, Time Machine now uses uh, um, APFS snapshots, which is really nice. Um, in general, mm. APFS snapshots are a really cool feature for, for backups. Um, I, I used it for my um, for the backup tools that I'm using. It's, it's just very nice to know, all right, backup started. Even if you delete files right now, they will still be part of that backup. And only w- once the snapshot is being removed, is it actually removing that, that file from, from your drive, for example. So it actually keeps everything in, in that state for as long as the backup is running and mm. those kind of things. And for Time Machine, that just makes a lot of sense because you get a lot fewer of those weird inconsistency issues that I used to have with Time Machine a lot because you actually, as soon as the backup starts, the state is persistent until mm. the backup is done, uh, which just makes a lot of things easier. So overall, I think it's it's a it's a good step. Mm. Um, so Zach, have you started using Apple Arcade now when you get your new phone? Apple Arcade? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? I, I, I was know who put this in the show notes. No, I, I put it in the show notes. I was considering uh, talking about this just in the pick section. But that's okay. We can touch on it briefly. So, um, <laughs> I I am I think running out of my chance to do like the three month free trial, or I don't know if it just came with my device. But anyway, mm-hmm. I've been getting. Is the normal trial one month? Yeah. That should have come and with your device. With your device, yeah, because yeah, I've got the thing in settings where it was like you have three months to redeem your three month free trial as a result of buying a new device. And I've sort of had in the back of my mind, there's a particular game on Apple Arcade that I wanted to try out. Actually, there's there's a few, and I went through and downloaded them once I started the free trial. But there's one in particular I was like, that looks like it could be fun, and there's no harm in trying the free trial. It's going to be completely free. So if I delete it after five seconds, no big deal. But that game, uh. Uh, maybe I'll save the game for my pick, but um, yeah. Anyway, so I did that, and um, so productivity like, went down to zero. Now, Zach, <laughs> no, Zach no, I discovered video very, games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably played like an hour on like Wednesday okay. night. Like it wasn't, it wasn't right, much, right. but um, yeah, it was all right. So I finally, finally got on the Apple Arcade bandwagon, um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, the reason that I finally did it, I got to get to in the pick, but um. Let's just say that maybe my hand was tipped by some of the award winners from <laughs> Apple's app thingy, Bob. Um, but no, it's uh, it, it's interesting. They're they're very spammy with Apple Arcade. Like I, I've been getting push notifications <laughs> yep. and I've been getting emails about what I should play and what I should do, and I don't really like that. And I also mm-hmm. don't really like how on startup the Apple Arcade games have this like intro, like Apple Arcade. It's like. <laughs> This is a premium service, which I'm not yet paying for, but potentially will go on to pay for. Um, don't show me your stupid, like, 
But intro it's meant, it's not meant to be sort of like a Netflix original or but Apple I hate TV that Plus. too. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I know. That annoys I'm just me. Saying, that's probably yeah, yeah. Going. I know. I know. I mean, it's not just Apple. That actually, that reminds me. I don't think we discussed it on the show, but Apple TV and its forty-second like trailers for other shows when you start an episode baked into the the episode. It it's infuriating. I started watching. Morning Wars, which I think is called The Morning Show yep. elsewhere mm-hmm. around the world. And it's a really good show. Um, mm-hmm. The the acting in that is amazing. And I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, and, and again, I'm doing that because I'm at the end of my year's free trial. So, I figure <laughs> I better watch stuff while I can. Um, love that show, but I'm not a huge fan of the ads that play at the beginning of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and they're no long. Is there no to just skip them? Yeah, there is. But like again, this is a paid service. I don't really want to <laughs> be shown ads and that's what they are they're ads um yeah. there's other ways to do it like there's autoplay in the feed um you can do all those kind of things but <laughs> yeah. yeah it just feels like when i intentionally hit play like in the case mm-hmm. of apple arcade when i open an app to play a game or when i hit play on a specific episode of a tv show i've signaled intent to do something mm-hmm. yeah and this, these ads, and that's what they are, the ads are getting in the way. <laughs> yep. And I really don't like that. It doesn't sit well with me for paid services. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Apple's thanks, even, Apple. like, you know, they, they're, they're, I mean, I know no one follows that, but the human interface guidelines mm-hmm. uh, say, like, don't have a splash screen with some weird animations. Just yeah. show, like, a placeholder UI mm-hmm. so it feels like people get into the app. They, they know yep. what app it is. You don't have to say everywhere, look, you yeah. opened uh, app name uh, mm-hmm. X. It's like, no, people tap Did the you- icon, they know where they are. But now Apple does the same yeah. for like Apple TV shows yeah. and for, and I for Apple. I understand that apps, uh, sorry, that games often need a load, like some loading time mm-hmm. and that's fine. And they generally have their own Chrome mm-hmm. for that. But this seems to just be inserted by Apple and is completely arbitrary in the sense that nothing uh, is actually happening it's, behind it's the scenes. Probably so, so you know, you, you, you feel like you get your value out of yeah. Apple Arcade and you're not unsubscribing because you see, oh, there's an Apple Arcade game. Yeah, because otherwise probably. it's hard to say, right? It has no other indication of mm-hmm. what's an Apple Arcade game and what's mm-hmm. not. And Apple probably doesn't want you to, to think, do I even use Apple Arcade? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You unsubscribe yeah. and then you realize, oh, ooh, look, my games are gone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it makes business sense from, that, from their perspective. But as somebody who's hyper aware of all the apps on my mm-hmm. phone and where mm-hmm. they come from and, you know, knows half the developers, mm-hmm. it's like... Mm-hmm. I know that I'm playing an Apple Arcade mm-hmm. game. I don't need to be reminded. I, I almost do I want rather, to be reminded. I almost rather had an like a badge on the app icon. Yeah. Just yeah, a small badge yeah, to yeah, show, yeah. all right, good for me. Because for me, it's also good to know mm-hmm. which ones are yeah. Apple Arcade and which ones are not. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I, I don't know, should I subscribe yeah. to Apple Arcade or not? Mm-hmm. So having a badge, I do think is a good yeah, idea. Yeah, because then you can just sure, browse sure. and say, these are the games. You don't have to open them. Yeah, and every time you open it, you still see it briefly and you're like, all right. Yeah. And then you But also, you know how... You have uh, like welcome to game center and that's like a little toast pop up. Mm-hmm. You could do something yeah, similar mm-hmm. to that. Like yeah. that kind of Doesn't badge interrupt on the whole experience, the you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe Apple say, you know, you have to put the arcade logo in your app splash screen or it's uh, loading state. And that way, mm-hmm. at least the app can start doing what it needs to do, like whatever mm-hmm. games do to load mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. stuff. Um, at least that can happen while the logo is also on screen, not mm-hmm. this kind of, we're going to delay your launch by a couple of seconds to mm-hmm. play this yep. flashy animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good good uh, suggestion, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I like Apple Arcade. I think it's kind of cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're somebody who likes trying new games and, and there's some good ones on there as far as I'm able to tell, um, it, it's 
pretty cool concept. Mm. But yeah, just for paid services, I'm not a fan of being slowed down by ads. Should we then jump right into your picks? Because I feel like yeah, you sure. can have a better segue than that. <laughs> All right, great. Then I might as well go first because we're, we're still talking about this. So the game that I have had my eye on an Apple in Apple Arcade for months now is a Sneaky Sasquatch. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. okay. played that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it won the Apple Arcade game of the year. And mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, well, this is my chance to give it a go. Like the stars have all aligned. Like it won the award. I've got these three free months here. We're going into a summer break. Like it's all That's good. That's weird. I can, I can that start game my- came out last year. <laughs> Oh, did it? Yeah, that that was one of the launch games for yeah. Apple Arcade, and Wait, Apple Arcade so launched it? like with iOS. 13. Then it mustn't be games. No, it's not necessarily apps that came out this year. No, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, you're right. App yeah. of the uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah. So it it won the game of the year, I should say, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's it's a uh, pretty fun. I have not too far into it, but. It's kind of nice. I One of the things with uh, Apple Arcade is that this, everything's supposed to run perfectly across all your devices and it's supposed to sync perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and so I play. I started playing it on my phone and my phone has a very small screen, as we all know. And so then I was <laughs> like, well, it's a bit small. Like my thumbs kind of overlap the screen a lot and I don't mm-hmm. really like this and everything feels cramped. And so then I'm like, I'll switch to my iPad. And mm-hmm. I got to say, the, the syncing thing works flawlessly. Like I was able to pick up where I left off. That was amazing. But- Unfortunately, and I don't know what games are normally like because I don't play enough, but the like the sort of the size of the the world that you get is the same and it's just scaled mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's the same on the iPad because I always thought everything was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only real advantage to playing on the iPad is that my thumb doesn't overlap half the screen, but mm-hmm. the actual content doesn't mm-hmm. like expand. Mm-hmm. So I can't see more of where I am or, or get more information, mm-hmm. which I was a little bit disappointed at, but I mm-hmm. guess that's probably common. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's but it's a good game. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, it would depend on the game. If, if you have any kind of UI inconsistency problems in your life, uh, play some more games. There's no, there's <laughs> no standard to anything. It's like some games okay, will okay. Com- scale completely different. Even on the same machine, if you change the resolution, sometimes you get a slightly different perspective yeah, okay. of things. It's, it's very, because it's all like just pixels rendered on the screen it's like everyone yep. does whatever mm. they think is yeah, is yeah. best or easiest sometimes mm. yeah. so you have an extremely wide variety of different approaches to those things yeah okay. so Let's how see. how far do you think this is a game you'll actually finish yes but very slowly like it's okay. not okay. one where i'm like i've got to keep playing like it's mm. so good can you actually like, finish it like i thought it was sort of just i assume so because <laughs> it's kind of like mission based okay. so they they tell I you to go do things like a, oh okay i thought it was more like you just stick around and survive no, I think okay. there is that okay. element to it, but there's always there so far always seems to be things to do. Okay, but again, not being very far in, maybe it's just the same old, and then it gets to a point where it's boring. Mm. I'm not mm. sure. What? Uh, I would assume there's at least an end, and then maybe you get to like some kind of infinite, infinite state where you yeah. just mm. need to stay alive yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have any tasks anymore. What was the uh, last sure. video game you finished? Me? Uh-huh. I don't know if I've ever properly finished all right that's kind oh, of what i thought that's a that's a i did have like a uh what did i have a nintendo ds back in the day so mm-hmm. i had some games on that mm-hmm. but i mostly played soccer so there was no real end <laughs> like it was just kind of playing another game of soccer <laughs> yeah right. so no i haven't really finished a, and that's the thing like i might get totally bored of this in a week and move on to the next apple mm. okay again that's also a possibility because mm. i don't really know what i'm in for here mm. so we will see I'll keep you updated. Yeah. I do like 
for Apple Arcade in particular, I really like the games that would, like in, in our time right now, otherwise be free-to-play games. Mm-hmm. But you could yeah, see that yeah. they have... Because some of the free-to-play games are actually fun, and they're good, yep. and then they're like, buy 6,800 gems, plays for $200. Yeah. You know, that's the problem with them. It's not that the games are terrible, it's mm-hmm. just that they're built to be addictive and then get your whatever part of your brain is into gambling and, and extract all the money from you. Mm-hmm. But Apple Arcade doesn't allow it for that. All right. So my pick this week uh, is a website called uh, Carbon. Uh, so it's a way for you to... It's it's a page where you can paste some code that you want to share uh, either in on your website or on Twitter or in a, in a talk. So if you want to have like pretty looking code that's not just a screenshot of Xcode or a text editor, you can paste it in there and they get like you get like nice syntax highlighting. You can decide what type of uh, color scheme you want to use uh, and you can get like really nice exportable sort of images of your code. And I think it's been really nice because like, uh, if, if you want to have some, have a talk and have like some nice, nice things in your slides or have something nice on your website, it looks great. Uh, I want to point out that like, it's still, I still think it's important if you do add this to your website that you have to think about that the code is not going to be copyable or be like readable by screen readers. So still attach like an actual copyable version of the text as well and of your code. Uh, but yeah, for, for like the visual element of your code, it's great. And I really, really like using it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. We, we didn't even get to talk about all your, all your talks that has to then make it into one of the future episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I've but been, yeah. I've been preparing more talks than I expected and it's been a lot of fun and it's always nice. I, I enjoy putting the slides together and I like mm. making them as visually pleasing as possible. Mm. And uh, yeah. Especially uh, with code, you know. Yeah, code like can a be a bit boring. Cannot, yeah. Might not make for the nicest slides. So exactly. This, this really this. helps to make it both more readable because you get syntax highlighting, but also uh, a bit nice. It's more professional. Oh. Yeah. I really like it. Um, cool. Uh, my pick is Raycast. I think that's how you'd say that it's a how would you uh, describe that it's a kind of launcher like similar to like like apple by default ships with spotlight right and then you hit uh, command space and you can launch apps and those kind of things and it's it's pretty pretty okay at that Mm -hmm. but it feels like the kind of entry level to to the world of launching things quickly and then there are a whole bunch of other ones like i throughout my life i used um uh, Quicksilver in the very early days, Launch Bar, Alfred, there are a whole bunch of mm-hmm. those type of things. And I uh, most recently uh, came across Raycast, which is a very modern and a bit more productivity-focused take on um, on that kind of concept. And it's mm-hmm. really cool. It's it's super fast and it does all things that you that you would kind of want, like launching apps right you hit mm-hmm. whatever keyboard shortcut you you start typing the name of the app and you hit return and it will open that application but it also and it also has like built-in things like clipboard managers and those kind of things but it also has a whole bunch of uh included flows that connect to third-party uh okay kind of services and software so for example it has a google drive uh Plugin extension, I guess. So you can search directly in Google Drive. Oh, so your okay. entire Google Drive, your yeah. entire G Suite, uh, all the files you have. Like, mm. if I look for the show notes for this episode, I can just hit the shortcut. Mm. I have it on option space and start typing a cup of tech and it will show me all the cup of tech files in G Suite, okay. which is really nice. cool. Yeah. Um, for people that use like uh, Jira for, for like, software related tasks it has like a full jira integration mm. you can see like all your in-progress tasks and to-dos and those kind of things you can filter through them right from there and then jump to them um which is i think really cool so you can 
you mm. can kind of do a lot of those kind of tasks that you would otherwise want to do quickly right in there. It has like a built-in calendar. If you're like looking for, for like a schedule, it has actually a really nice view of a calendar as well. Mm. It has a whole bunch of integrations. Zoom, if you want to schedule meetings quickly, awesome. and it just lets you do a lot of things right in there. And I think that's, that's a really cool concept and it's, more useful than I thought. I was like, I was just up for like, hey, a new Mac app that looks kind of nice and Mac focused. But I actually like it a lot more than than I thought. Um, so if anyone else is looking for a launcher and is interested, I think it's it's this one is a pretty interesting one to have a look at. Okay, yeah, I've been actually on the lookout for it, so I might check it out. Mm. Yes, it's it's really cool, and mm. I mean the the extensions really go a long way with some of the kind of usability of it because mm -hmm. it's like everything that's like spotlight always fails as soon as it hits anything that's not immediately yeah. on your device yeah right? yeah that yeah. is really nice um and and others try to be a bit smarter but it's often kind of weirdly down in some kind of like you have to go through like the plugins in your launcher and it kind of feels clunky mm. this is actually really nice to integrate and feels mm. all kind of part of it and it even has a whole bunch of like complex math things like i i sometimes i use solver a lot mm -hmm. but i now kind of use solver a lot more for um like longer calculations that yeah. kind of build upon yeah. each other or or things that i want to keep but the Raycast built-in uh, calculator is really good for like quick, um, like currency conversions. Um, for example, like mm, something mm -hmm. that I don't need to persist, but mm. I still want to have like nice. quickly see. So you can just type like, "What are a hundred Australian dollars in Canadian dollars?" So mm. one hundred AUD in CAD, and mm. it just says one hundred Australian dollars are ninety-two dollars uh, and sixty-four Canadian cents. Mm. So it's it's just kind of does that really really yeah. quickly. Yeah, you can do it in Finder now too, though. You can. It, I just want to point in case you didn't know. Yeah, uh, you can do that there as well. But it's it's yeah it's I, I think it's a bit nicer in Raycast and it's just feeling I don't know it, it feels very yeah. very fast and snappy. It's it's a very nice nice app. Yeah, I'll try it out and see mm. what I think. Yeah, I don't know what their business model is, uh, which is always slightly <laughs> always concerning. Yeah, <laughs> they know um, everything about you. <laughs> Again, short for your stuff if you if you want if 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 you want money, short for your stuff. Yeah, I think I I don't know. They they probably have some kind of there there are some people that are reasonable working on this. Um, mm. so I I would expect them to to have something for something planned. Yeah, um, but I mean they have they have funding and stuff. So. Oh, okay. Oh, another thing that I forgot to mention that um that is cool with this yeah. is it also has a um I I didn't want to mention it earlier because I didn't want to pick a, take too much from my pick away. It does have time zone conversion in a very interesting oh, okay. way. That's cool. See, that's a better selling point than the than the currency conversion. Yeah. Yeah. So you can say uh uh 5 p.m. Uh, Sydney time. That is in really nice in montreal time mm. and it's like here you go this is what the time is so you can mm. just type like whatever your local time is in sydney but you can even do the more complex one what is what is the time in in uh toronto when it's 5 p.m oh sydney? really and that's it's just it's easy to type and it's always a bit like interfaces are always a bit weird right when you mm -hmm. have like sliders and time yeah. zones and you're like wait now it switches the date border sometimes you don't care about which date is right you just want to know what is the time in sydney yeah. at this particular yeah. time somewhere else yeah and and does that very in a very nice and to me intuitive way. Okay. Mm. Nice. 
yeah check it out it's, awesome it's, it's yeah, pretty fun i will all right uh great chatting with you nice. too as always um, yeah, talk to you next week. Mm. And don't forget to subscribe to all of our apps uh, now so the Trollic Spirit <laughs> expires by the time that we get 15% instead of 30%. <laughs> Very important. That's well, if you're be- talking about Paddy, wait until the last week of December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just orbit for now. Yeah. We'll, we'll, don't worry, we'll let you know when, t- when the best time to subscribe to Paddy is. <laughs> But uh, isn't it always the best time to subscribe to any of our apps realistically? Yeah, yeah, it's always a good... If you need to drive, go petty. If you need to do freelance work, subscribe. I I thought you would say, if you drive, pull over right now and subscribe to petty. Oh, I hate when people are like that (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Think about where you're going to be when you get... I know, shh. No, don't, don't no. be like that. <laughs> just, just subscribe to our stuff if you think there's value in it, mm. or you yes. really want to support us. We, we appreciate. Yeah, it or both. to support the podcast. That's mm. another way to do it. Mm. All right, cool. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.